Dodge. Take three. Take three. Gonna have to go home and go to bed pretty soon, bud. Pepsi's starting to wear off. Dope. Let's hear your best Australian voice. No, don't have one. But I am looking forward to listening because I love the Australian accent. I think it's great. Oh, So the reason I say that is we have James McFadden on. Yep, World of Outlaw Driver, number two. Second World of Outlaw Driver, first Australian. Yeah. So that's that's pretty awesome. I, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a good one because I've listened to some of his interviews and stuff, and I think it, I, I'm going to like it. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, racing back in Australia and what it's like yep. here in the United States now. So, hey, come back. We'll be here. We're going to be on. <laughs> oh, and one last thing. Uh, just a reminder. Give us, give us a rating. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, that... One, two, three, four, five. Five's the best. We know we're probably twos, but. Well, that's being pretty nice, bud. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll be right back with James McFadden. Like to thank Octane Inc. from T South Dakota. They pretty much do a little bit of everything. They are known for their wraps. They wrap golf carts, uh, snowmobiles, um, trailers, sprint cars, hobby stocks. It doesn't matter. Uh, side by sides, they wrap it. Uh, they also do coolers and they will also do clothing. You can have t-shirts made there. Um, you name it, these guys can do it. I work with Brett uh, Vanderbrink all the time. He is amazing, and I can't thank him enough for how much he helps me. And if I were you guys, I would definitely check out Octane Inc. You can contact them by calling 605-213-8343. It is 800 East Prescott in T, South Dakota. And again, they're just great people to work with. And we're back here at Hoagie's Garage with James McFadden. Uh, James, give us a little update about you and your family. Uh, yeah, so uh, family have just come over from Australia, obviously, in the last uh, couple weeks. So they were at home. We, uh, we sold our house back home and... Uh, my wife Zoe had to to pack all that up while I was over here living the dream, and uh, we've just they've just yeah come over here reunited. Um, when was that for? Just after Dallas, after um, Devil's Bowl. So yeah, we're we're all back on the road as a family again, back in the motorhome and um, enjoying it. And then we were talking before we started. You got a little baby or a young one now to keep you busy too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Maverick, my little boy, he's, uh, you know, he's just over a year old, so definitely keeps us entertained, especially in the motorhome. He, he can't sit still. He's up and about walking, trying to, trying to, uh, get us into trouble. And, um, <laughs> yeah, he's, it's fun, mate. It's, it puts a different perspective on your whole life when you, when you have a kid. And, you know, everyone tells you that when you, when you're growing up, but until you have your own, it's, uh, it changes your whole life and changes your perspective on everything. And, uh, yeah, I couldn't imagine couldn't imagine doing it without him. Now it's it's pretty cool driving up and down the road. Obviously, one living a dream that I get to do in in racing the World of Outlaw Tour, and then two having your baby boy and and wife on the road with you full time. So I'm in a pretty cool spot. Well, like you said, living the dream and nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. Um, so what are you know you're our first Australian we've got to have on the show, and so what are some of the biggest difference between 
like the races in America and the races in Australia? Is there a lot of difference, or that the dirt or the tracks are different, or what? You know, we don't know too much. We've been watching them now, obviously, with flow and dirt. We get to watch some Australian races, but. Yeah, I think uh, fundamentally our race cars are the same. Um, you know, the, the car I'm racing with, with Roth Motorsport right now is identical to the car that I've got back home. Um, so, you know, 410s, Maxims, you know, whatever sort of car yep. you want to want to run, engine builder you want to run. But we, we have a few different um, rules uh, our tires are different, so we still run an RD left rear tire, so that's a like a growth tire, and then we run an 18 inch WAV. It's called Hoosier still, um, which is also a bit of a growth tire. So our cars perform a little bit different. Um, it, we have a little bit more grip over there due to due to the tire being able to grow, or you know, being an 18 inch wide tire or stuff, and then we also have. Uh, dished wings and we're allowed to run you know kickers and offset sideboards and stuff like that which you can't do with the outlaws so um fundamentally it's still a race car it still drives around the track like a sprint car we still turn left and and do all that sort of stuff um but there's just feelings in the car that are a lot different uh it takes me a little bit to get used to it when i get home and then vice versa when i come back to america our tracks i guess are you know we sort of, I've just grown up on 10 to 12 tracks my whole life back in Australia. So we, we just race at those racetracks and, and that's it. So you sort of get used to them and it's a little easier that way. You know, you've just grown up the last 10 years racing the same 12 racetracks. But uh, we sort of, different formats. Um, we are starting to go to the one heat format a lot because we're getting so many cars, but yeah, we you know we do a two heat format. Uh, World Series, you always quickest qualifier starts tenth or eighth in the heat races. So it's just a it, it's a different way of racing. It's like I said, it's not it's not different. It's still a sprint car. It's just a different mindset, sure. and a d- different feel. Um, I think our our competition is 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 a lot better than what it used to be. Um, you know the the influence of a lot of American drivers coming backwards and forwards to race over there and then you know the the engines and the cars are a lot better than what they are there's a lot of good car owners at home and and a lot more racing so i think our our competition is is good um and it's getting better and better there's a lot of really good young kids and then we also yeah i think you know we're, we're getting great car counts at local shows you were getting upwards of 40 to 60 cars so at some of those shows down in Victoria. So it's, yeah, I think spring car racing in, in Australia is in a really good spot. And um, it's it's very similar to here. It's just a lot different at the same time, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, absolutely. A um, little bit off the wall question here. We've watched different races at Perth and whatever tracks. I've seen so many tracks over the years. Now I can't keep track of them. But there's a class in Australia. We call them the bumper cars. It's, it looks like a a legends type car but then they got like the rail that goes all the way around like you have on a go-kart track around here What's yeah i the... think that's is that isn't that in new zealand i don't know we've seen so many races i'm just curious what the purpose of them are because it almost looks like it's a team thing and they're trying to crash each other but we've never figured out the rules to it yet we, i was hoping you could shed a little light on it for a guy like me but <laughs> so i was yeah i have absolutely no idea because i went to new zealand and raced in new zealand you know five or six years ago and and saw them and i thought the exact same thing i'm like what 
Okay. I have absolutely no idea what's happening right now, but it's about us. So. <laughs> it's great fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, they have some really big motors in them, and I guess they, they race in front of huge crowds in New Zealand. And I think um, they do it in Europe as well. Like Tom Harris, I know he races sprint cars in, in America here and some midget stuff. So I think he's really, really good at them too. So that might be a good guy to, to get on your podcast. Oh, but there we go. Yeah, he. Uh, I said the exact same thing when I went to New Zealand. I wasn't <laughs> never saw it before and didn't understand it, but it was it was pretty badass. They were like high high powered uh, Dodrum cars. Really, it was pretty pretty yeah, cool to watch. That's great fun to watch. <laughs> so yeah, I wouldn't want to race it though. No, no, <laughs> no I don't blame you. So when we do watch an Australian race, it seems like it's an all day affair. I mean, it seems like they could take eight hours at times. It, it, it is it. I don't yeah. know. Is it more family? Is it more what? What is the races like in Australia as a fan? It just seems like they're long. Yeah, they are. Um, I, I think we go back to the the formats different. Um, most of the formats you go to, you qualify heat race twice. And then a dash, a C main, a B main, an A main. But we also have about five or six support classes that that go with it. And I think that has to do with back gate, getting back gate money in. I'm I'm only talking on what I think. Um, yep. And that's purely because I think it's it's a little more expensive to put a race on in Australia due to our insurances. Um, so to put it in perspective, we we are only in a sprint car. Um, we're a, a double A license, I believe, at home. So you have to get a license to race a sprint car. Um, you have to be insured by um, Speedway Australia, and we can only race at double A appointed racetracks. Okay. So the catch fences have to meet spec. They have to be a certain height. They have to be a certain um, infield things. Like it has to just work. For they have a bunch purposes. of rules that they need to. Yeah, regulations exactly. or whatever. Yeah, so I think the cost of putting a race on is a lot more expensive. So therefore, I think there's so many <laughs> other classes to help that, and you know the back gate stuff helps. So yep. Yeah, it, at times you know it's it's a bit of a procession procession to go to the races. You know you have to be there at two or three o'clock, and you're there till eleven thirty at night. So, but we race a lot more as well. So yeah, yeah. I, I guess that sort of is the reason why and, and I think most of the races we go to that I've been to say for the 10 races I raced at home this year there was I don't think we had under 35 to 40 cars in any race that was the minimum amount so it's there's a lot of cars um which always makes for better racing yeah sometimes <laughs> <laughs> well true um it's also pretty tough with daylight saving over there you know we the sun doesn't go down till nine o'clock so it's tough on the racetrack and tires and stuff yep. so they're in a bit of a they're in a bit of a pickle there in australia right now with what to do with formats and and how to sort of cut the costs on for the racing side but still keep it pretty cool for the fans so yeah I, like i said i think it's it's i think the world the, the way the world is, they want it short and sharp, and and I think Australia is at the point where we sort of need to have a look at that side of things for sure. You bet. Um, so switching gears a little bit here, the last couple of years with all this COVID baloney going on and stuff, how hard did that make it for you to get back and forth? Ah, <laughs> uh, very. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the original. Um, so it actually 
when it first all started, I flew to to Florida and, and raced, and then and flew home, and then raced um, the rest of World Series in Australia, and then that's when obviously COVID blew up, and and I couldn't come back to America, and basically at the time we were we were locked sort of locked down into our houses for for a good month or so. Um, and that was all through my visa process. So I, I was trying to get a visa, but all the consulates were shut. Um, so there was a lot of paperwork backwards and forwards and, and getting into to visa stuff, which was prolonged because offices weren't working and, and et cetera, all that fun stuff at the time. And uh, I think it took me a good couple months to be able to get my visas sorted. Um, and then I had to ask permission from the Australian government to leave the country because at the time we weren't really allowed to even leave our houses and uh there was no flights the only flights that were sort of available were uh freight flights and there was only sort of three or four seats per plane um so i think my flight that i flew out on only had 11 people on it um all up on a jumbo jet so pretty crazy that you're the only one in there and i had to actually fly the opposite way around the world so i actually flew from melbourne to Doha, which is in uh, Saudi Arabia, and then from there to Dallas um, just to get here for August for the 360 Nationals. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was a pain in the butt, to be honest <laughs> with you. It was pretty crazy. We had, you know, masks and face shields on and all that crazy stuff, and I get off the plane and we go straight to Dingus. <laughs> <laughs> so it was... Um, Welcome it was to Iowa. Yeah, it was an eye-opening experience, Um Obviously, with the way Australia was, we could leave our house for an hour a day uh, for exercise or groceries, and that was about it. Um, you weren't allowed to just walk out the front door of your house and and go to the park or or do anything like that. So it was yeah, it was pretty pretty insane. And then um, it got it got easier. Um, and then to fly home, so <laughs> I actually. Then my wife got pregnant um, during that lockdown time. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Nothing else to do. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to do at that time, and um, you know, all, all was it was great for us. And and then being over here, it was sort of really tough and extremely expensive to get home. And and obviously, you don't want to miss the the birth of your first child. Oh, so. heavens no. So, yeah, we we had to pay a lot of money to get on a plane. Um, like I said, there was probably only. 20 people on that plane home so it was pretty crazy and then you know for imaginative sake you know you, you roll up to Doha airport which is the airport I went to which is one of the biggest in the world and we are literally the only people in this whole airport it's there's no lights there's one vending machine and no shops are open no nothing it's it's pretty insane um you know to think that's how it was throughout the whole world um but yeah, so flew home and and uh, got to got to witness Maverick getting born and a pretty crazy life. But um, because of the whole restrictions and getting permission from the government and all that sort of stuff, I couldn't fly back for the start of the Outlaw Tour. Uh, the first year I did it, obviously last year, and so I had to miss the first six races of the year due to that. Um, just being able to fly backwards and forwards was was not feasible with the 14-day hotel quarantine which i had to do yep. um 
so yeah, we we missed those six races, and and I I flew back, and and now it's honestly it's it's the best time of the that I've ever flown backwards and forwards because one, there's nobody on the plane, two, there's no weight in customs, and and three, you don't <laughs> have to deal with any bullshit. So it's um, <laughs> it's it's pretty good to fly right now, but um, obviously it's really good to see it sort of starting to become normal again. I guess I totally agree with you there. So. All right, we're gonna we're gonna take our first break, James, and we'll be right back. The Laurel Ridge Barn. It can host corporate events, fundraisers, award ceremonies, family reunions, photography studio time, and always weddings. This barn is absolutely spectacular. If you have not seen it, you have to go to their website, laurelridgebarn.com. Um, you can also call them at 605-951-0867. You can call or text that number. Again, that's 605-951-0867. They are located at 47677 Slip Up Creek Road. No, I didn't make that up. It's 47677 Slip Up Creek Road in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So if you have a wedding or any of those other things, give them a look because I'm telling you, this place is amazing. All right, we're back at Hoagie's Garage. Um, so what, what age did you start racing when you were in Australia? Uh, I started racing go-karts at um, seven. Uh, so I actually, I raced, it's a little bit different to over here. I raced Adka dirt karts, which is the same as like your asphalt circuit over here but it was dirt circuit so um you know lefts and rights and stuff so i grew up doing that until i was 16 and and then jumped in into a spring car and out of you know a year and a 360 or so and and then sort of that's when australia was 372 cubic inch motors not 410 so i did a year in them and then and then went to 410 cubic inch motors and yeah that's that's sort of that was how I started, and my dad raced spring cars back in the day, so I've always sort of been been around it and always wanted to do it, so to, to get the opportunity to do it, it's pretty cool. How old are you right now? 32. 32. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm up there in the age. I, I was a late bloomer over here. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, when did you first start coming to the U.S. and racing in the U.S. then? Uh, so I drove the 55 car out of pennsylvania for scott merckx and uh, gene Jens jenkins um from pennsylvania and when was that that would have been 2015 maybe um okay. it was about the first 14 15 maybe it was about the first time i came over here um so i'd had a yeah i had a bit of experience in australia and and we'd actually just won the australian sprint car champion in the world series championship in australia and uh, my car owner at the time decided he wanted to bring everything over here and, and come over here and race, which was for me like the, the dream. I'm like, man, this is how good is this going to be? And then that all fell through right at the last minute and I was sort of down and down in the dumps. And I was fortunate enough, I worked with Gene a little bit in Australia. We were just friends in Australia and I worked with him a little bit and, and I got a phone call to, to race with them for six weeks over here. So he started in Canada was my first um, outlaw race and it was pretty badass first race. I actually 
led it until the last lap and Joey passed me for the lead. So we ran second our first outlaw show and I'm like, man, this is this is unreal. How easy is this? And then we sucked for the next weeks. But, <laughs> then reality um, set in for a little while, yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it was honestly it was it was a dream come true and they were great people. We you know, they were, they were they were a bunch of old guys really compared to me and um we sort of just had really good equipment but did it on a budget and you know we had one hotel room between the four or five of us and we all slept on the floor or half shared a bed and it was just cool man it was it was it was a dream and yeah i was i was fortunate enough to get to to hang with those guys learn a lot they had a lot of really good drivers you know billy pouch and tim schaefer and dave blaney drive that car and um you know to be able to drive that was cool and yeah learn a lot uh was was good fun for sure so, well, I'm going to ask you this next question. You don't have to answer this one if you don't want to, but, you know, you were talking Australia, you run 12, 14 tracks regularly. You're in the U.S., you know, and with the Outlaws, you're going to see, what, probably 50 different tracks on the year. Um, yeah. Do you prefer driving in the U.S. or in Australia? But you can plead the fifth on this one if you want to. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. I, I, for sure, I'll, I'd rather um, race in the U.S. Um, for me, and I don't want this to sound bad towards Australia or, or anything like that, but, you know, once you've reached the, the top level of your discipline you do, whether that's, you know, running or, you know, sure. wrestling or anything, um, and for me it's it's Speedway, I think once you reach that top that top level, it's really hard to go back um, and and be as motivated as you are you know, like obviously there's some really big races in Australia that I'm as motivated as to win as I am the Kings Royal. But to race thirty or forty races like that is is tough. Um and I and it's it's really tough for me to say that because racing's my passion. It's all I've ever wanted to do and it's all I've ever wanted to be. But I think once you get to this level, the intensity from hot laps through is is just insane. And and once you have that feeling it's really tough to to not have it all the time. Um you know, like even for me going home now, I'm almost to the point I I would rather just pick and choose a few races that I want to race at and, and go to the river and go water skiing and, and hang out with family because it's it's such an intense thing over here. You're 90 races, you're always on the road, you're busy, you're flat out doing it. So for me, home would be really good to just relax and then pick and choose some big races and, and you know, try and win those. But, yeah, I prefer... America for sure. I think it's a lot more technical. It's harder uh, with the rules, the way the tires are, and the way the tracks are, and obviously the competition is is insane. So I, I'm gonna <laughs> probably piss some Australians off, but definitely say uh, I, I enjoy racing America more for yeah. sure. Like you were saying, the competition in the U.S. I'd, I'd hate to make a living trying to pick who's going to win the Outlaw feature from night to night. Dude, it's insane, but it, it's like that everywhere. You know, I race locally in Pennsylvania and. You know, you, you're running against, you know, Lance. And yep. at the time I was I was there, it was Greg and, um, you know, Danny Dietrich and guys that are just badasses at those tracks. And and it's it's tough. It's it's California's that way right now. It's, it's, it's insane. Like, you know, you got our outlaw group that is doing it, and then you've got Geo Selzy, Brent Marks. Like, those guys are just oh, – yeah. it's insane. So I, I'm enjoying it. I – I love competition. I love getting my ass handed to me. Um, it makes you better. It makes you want it more. And 
Um, and honestly, mate, Australia's not that far off being that way right now. Mm-hmm. We just, you just have a big, I think, a big difference in the top, you know, six or seven guys to the to the rest because of our experience due to racing in America or racing a lot. I think budget-wise, it's it's not really something that you need a lot of in Australia. As long as you've got a car with four wheels and an engine on it, you can you can compete. Um, but you've, you're competing against guys like, you know, me, who's raced over here a lot, Jamie Veal, who you guys have seen over here. And, yep. you know, Corey Lyson goes over a lot. You've got, you know, Brad raced Sydney a lot. You've got Donnie, who always goes to Brisbane. You know, there's there's a lot of guys that travel, and, and it's tough. It's tough, but... I think we're, we're we're slowly creeping up on it, and it, it's going to be tougher and tougher to win each year in straight for sure. So, how do you feel this year's gone? I mean, you kind of switched over to Roth, and uh, you know we're not we're not going to lie. We're uh, the Falcons Brothers Trucking is two miles down the road from us, so they're in yeah. our our garage here. Some, and you know, Aaron Reitzel. We kind of cheer for Aaron Reitzel a lot, and he had little issues where yeah, we won't go into <laughs> we that. We won't go into that last year, but uh, what's it been like for you this year with Roth, and how's things going for you? Yeah, it's been um, well. Firstly, it's been a, a really great transition. Um, my guys have done a really good job of getting me there comfortable, and um, Dennis and Teresa have been unbelievable, and and Todd Ventura back at the shop is. It's been really good to hang out with them in California this this trip and um, really get to know them. Um, obviously, it's a it's a pretty insane team when you when you go back through it all and the history and how long they've been doing yep. it and successful they've been. So to be a part of it is really cool. Um, obviously, nerve wracking still at the same time, um, but yeah, I think I think we're there. Um, we're there every night. We're we're in the hunt. We just got to put it all together. Um, I think, you know, we've showed that we can race really well, pass a lot of cars and, and come from deep and dig ourselves really big holes every night and, and get out of them and, and salvage top 10, top five results every night. So that's been really positive. Um, qualifying for me early was, was terrible. Um, it just put ourselves so far back and I, I attribute that a lot to, you know, different motor programs and, just different things here and there that, you know, you just, you did last year. We had a really good notebook for the last three years with KKR and, you know, you change something as little as an engine program and you're off a little bit. So yep. um, I think that was a little bit, you know, that and and me just not doing a good job in qualifying and um, just little things. That obviously little things is is a tenth in the outlaw series and you're time twenty fifth, <laughs> and uh, that's that's brutal. So, but like I said, we we raced our way back and had some rough races here or there, and you know running second at Paris and and hit the fence there with three or four to go. So I think we're there. Like I said, we just we just got to get it all together and gotta get we're that, on a find a little good... find a little piece yeah. lined up and yeah, and I, like I said, I. If I was talking to you right now and we were slow, I'd be in a pretty bad spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah but we're, well, we're fast, so. And, and like you said, too, that <clears throat> qualifying is so important with the Outlaw program and to finish in the front of the heat. You know, you almost have to make the dash. Uh, to realistically give yourself a chance to win, you have to almost be in the dash. 
Honestly, I'd just like to start 10th. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I hear you. But I mean, no, I mean, that's so important. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And, um, you know, I've I've been working extremely hard on, you know, watching videos on how to – I've been watching David Gravel every qualifying session just to, to figure out what he does different to other people or if it's his car or him, but it, it's I think it's him. But um, just to try and figure out something that's going to help and – and we go back to the formats in Australia. I think my mentality my whole life has been it, it's all right to qualify reasonable, you know, um, and not badass because I've got two heat races to make it up. Yep. So you got your two heat races, you get your points and you'll, be, you'll make the dash and you're fine. So I think my mentality was sort of, yeah, it's all right, I'll race my way back. Well, <laughs> you can't race your way back with these guys in the heat race and, and you put yourself down in that hole and, and it's bad. So yeah, I think, yeah, it's, it's qualifying to me is it's tougher than racing the car. So I've just got to figure out how to do it right and, and what to look at. And, you know, I've had really good people like, you know, Casey's probably one of the best qualifiers around. I, I feel at keeping his momentum up and stuff. So he's been really good to bounce ideas off and, and just trying to watch guys like David Gravel qualify and, and figure out, sort of figure out the best way to uh, to approach it. So, yeah, I think once we get that sorted, which we have this, the last five or six races, and I think we're on five top fives in a row here. So it, it shows when you qualify good, you, uh, <laughs> you finish better. Yeah. Well, in your defense... <laughs> You know, you're with the new team, like you said, the new engine program and whatnot, and there's been so many races rained out, you know, you don't actually have that many races in the Roth car yet. No, no, and, and it's, you know, we're, we're actually on the same same chassis and stuff we were last year, but it's just little things, um, and, and little things make a big difference. And, I yeah, it, you don't have to leave much on the table to, for these guys to eat you up, so... Well, Definitely no excuses in, you know, in 13 races, you need to figure it out. Um, that's our job to figure it out. And I think we have. We've just got to consistently be good at qualifying and, and get the whole night together so you can make those dashes to, to try some more things and and then be starting in that sort of first three, four rows and, yeah. and give yourself an opportunity to not wear your race car out by the time you get there. And, and it's such a small difference because what race, I don't remember which race it was we watched the other night. It was one of the outlaw shows, I think. But the top 23 cars were less than a half a second apart in qualifying. Yeah. So, you know, it's yeah, just a minute little bobble can drop you seven, eight places in qualifying. And that's, I think that's tough. When we had Lance DeWeese on, that's what he talked about a yep. lot too is he, he thinks the biggest difference between – now and back quite a few years ago is a tenth of a second means so much right now. Yeah, it's eight, ten spots in qualifying. Yeah, and that's you know that's probably where I've been most annoyed this year. I'm like, how can we pass eighteen cars in this feature race and I time thirty? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's because you're that. one hell of a driver. <laughs> well, well, and I, or I'm just good at driving in feature races and and not <laughs> not in qualifying, but. And that's, I think that's the frustrating part about the world of outlaws is, is you've got to be so rounded. You've got to be able to figure out a racetrack you've never seen in yeah. a half a lap. Yeah, and figure it out, yeah, like you said, in a half a lap because you get two laps to qualify. Yeah, and then, you know, sort of figure out what you need in your car. And, and your crew chief, obviously, has got to be on the same page, and, and he's got to be able to adapt that quick as well. So 
So it's a, it's a huge team sport and a huge, you know, confidence sport. And the way the dynamics of everyone going is is a big part of it as well. So it's not just laying two laps down. It's it's everything that goes with it, and and that's what I think is so cool about doing the outlaw tour because it's so cutthroat. You bet. Hey, we're gonna take another quick break here. No worries. Like to thank Octane Inc. from T South Dakota. They pretty much do a little bit of everything. They are known for their wraps. They wrap golf carts, uh, snowmobiles, um, trailers, sprint cars, hobby stocks. It doesn't matter. Uh, side by sides, they wrap it. Uh, they also do coolers and they will also do clothing. You can have t-shirts made there. Um, you name it, these guys can do it. I work with Brett uh, Vanderbrink all the time. He is amazing, and I can't thank him enough for how much he helps me. And if I were you guys, I would definitely check out Octane Inc. You can contact them by calling 605-213-8343. It is 800 East Prescott in T, South Dakota. And again, they're just great people to work with. All right, we're back in the garage with James McFadden again. Um, James, what are what are some of your favorite races that you've ever had so far? Ooh, tough. <laughs> um, yeah, I always go back to the to the Warnable Classic. Um, that's that's our biggest race in Australia. That's the sort of the race I grew up watching, um, wanting to be a part of, and then. It was a race that sort of I'd won everything in Australia a couple of times and I'd never won that race. So it eluded me for, for quite a while. So to be able to win that race and, and to be a part of it is, is cool. You know, we get 10,000 people to Warrnambool. It's, it's my hometown now. And just the whole, the whole vibe there, the whole weekend there is really cool. It's, it's just a, yeah, it's our Knoxville Nationals and it's the same sort of thing. But then obviously over here, being able to compete in, the Knoxville Nationals, the Kings Royal, places like that is is pretty amazing. Um, you know, it's a dream that I grew up to to bit to do this and and then to race them and then you know lead laps at the Kings Royal last year and win the three sixty Knoxville Nationals was was stuff that I'm I'm pretty proud about and pretty humbled that I actually got the opportunity to do so that and then you've got races like the Ironman fifty five which I just Man, it's one of those races I'm just so pumped for each year. It's elbows up, get after it, and and just drive the absolute shit out of your race car. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I love I love just racing, to be honest, mate. But you know, but to be able to race at tracks like Williams Grove and Knoxville and Eldora and and uh, yeah, places like that is is pretty special. So I don't think there's one race that stands out, but just being able to to compete at this level at, at those big races and, and be somewhat successful has been probably my highlight for sure. Well, we're, we're pretty pumped to get you up to Houston's like four times this year and one couple times there at Houston's that's for some really good money too. Yeah, absolutely. Excited for those. Um, have been somewhat successful at Houston's, so I'm excited for that too. It, it actually reminds me a lot of, of Warnable, um, sort of the way the track sort of is, is, is similar. And like I said, excited to, to race that. It's, it's an awesome facility, awesome week. Um, 
yeah, pumped, pumped that they uh, that the short track is is putting out that much money. I think that's really cool. It's it's normally just been a big track thing, so yep. exciting. But you know, every time promoters, you know, up the purses and and make the racing and the the actual vibe for the weekend at an event. I think is the better and, and it seems that's the way they're going, you know, with the Jackson Nationals and, and Hussets and sort of seems the way that the the Outlaws is kind of going, a couple two-day events here and there and I'm excited for that. I think that's a really good way the sport needs to go and I think Hussets is, is a prime example of how successful it can be. So, yeah, excited for it. Hopefully the track doesn't take rubber. <laughs> yeah, 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 that one race, there's a lot of tires. A lot of tires, but... Um, that that is that's dirt track race and that's the way it is and yeah. um, I'm sure they'll have a handle on well, it. I'm excited for it. That's it's got to be nice for the racer to be at the same track for two or three nights in a row. I mean, if you race one track Saturday or Friday night and then you got to drive five hours to the next track, you know you don't even get a lot of time for car maintenance or anything. You know. Oh, I'm pumped because I have to drive my motor home. So the more I can be parked, <laughs> the better. Yeah. So um, yeah, absolutely. Um, being able to being in the one spot for that long is, is great. Um, but I, I, at the same token, you know, you you sort of grow up doing this your whole life. So when you do stay at somewhere for three or four days, you're like, oh, man, let's let's get rolling. Let's yeah. get this. <laughs> Time to move <laughs> on to the next one. Like, yeah, I've been to every coffee shop or, or bar or, you know, food place in this town. We need to go to another one. So, um, yeah, it, it's good to be an event. Um, I think a two- or three-day event is, is great for the – for the competitors, the spectators, and and also the racetracks. So, like I said, excited for Hussets and and hopefully a few more tracks. You know, smaller tracks, especially I feel, can start doing that sort of stuff, offering that much money and, and that much of an event for fans. It'd be great. You bet. Who who are some of your um, favorite race car drivers growing up, or who did you look up to? You know, when you were younger. Uh so growing up. For me, obviously in Australia, uh, Brooke Tatnell, uh, yep. he was he was a really big influence on my career and and a good friend and a big part of my early racing and and helping me out and um someone that I I thought was you know was pretty crazy you know I don't know if you know the stats back in Australia but seventy five World Series wins and you know nine time champion and stuff like that so for us growing up he was he was the benchmark in australia um i always played as danny lasoski on the playstation game so i probably <laughs> looked up to him for a little bit and that was actually my first race car we sprint car we ever had was a the tsr lasoski 20 car so um yeah i not i don't know if it was different because i was probably a little early for the whole social media thing yeah. Um, you know, and dirt vision and all that sort of wasn't a deal. So we didn't, we knew of the races and, and, you know, like I had photos on my wall of Steve Kinzer and Bobby Allen and models of Mark Kinzer and stuff like that. Like always, you know, Jack Horton trialed shirts and hats. So I always knew them and followed them, but I never actually got to see them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think growing up, it was more of just based in Australia and, and sure. seeing those guys come out and race five, six races. So, but yeah, for me, it was it was definitely um, Brooke Tannell, and then um, obviously what Kerry Madsen had achieved over here was was pretty cool too. So, uh, yeah, for me, it was the Australian drivers, and then obviously when I 
got here, it, it was pretty cool being able to line up against Steve Kinzer and, and Sammy Swindell and, and Danny Lasoski and guys you, you sort of heard about. They were almost, you know, non-fiction. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, until you actually got to see him. So, yeah, it was that was cool. Even things like now, you know, I sit there and have a beer with Bobby Allen. I'm like, man, this is actually pretty badass. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I'd definitely say Brooke Tanner was the guy I looked up to for sure. Yeah, well, that's like for us now, we've, you know, you're our second outlaw. We did Carson Macedo and we did Danny Lazowski the other night. It's all guys now that I'm going to have to walk up to and say hi when they come up to Houston. And that's, <laughs> that's just going to be great fun for guys like us. It's just yeah. you know, you're meeting people that we watch on TV all the time, and I actually have something to talk to them about, you know, other than just say good luck. But yeah, yeah, it's cool, mate. It's I think the the coolest part about spring car racing is ninety percent of us are all spring car fans anyway, so we're all there for the same reason. We just I'm lucky enough to be able to to steer one, so it's uh, I think that's why spring car racing is so cool. It's so accessible, and and everyone's pretty chilled out, and laid back about what we do. We're yeah. All, all there for the same reason so great um so this next question is a little off the wall maybe but we got to ask it because it goes through our mind but so the beard how long yeah. have you had that beard does it does it ever get in the way of racing because it's, it's by far the best beard in sprint car racing i think is <laughs> yeah so uh, I, I look like a 12 year old if i shave it so <laughs> hence why i've got it um <laughs> I've had it for a while now. It, it just started as a bit of a uh, thing a couple of my mates and I did and who could have the biggest one and who could keep it the longest. And and then it sort of has just gone between a bit of stubble to back to the beard. Every time I shave it off, I let it grow back. So I haven't clean shaven. I did for a wedding, I think, about... Yeah, I'd like to say eight years ago. So that was the last time I used a razor. Um, but yeah, it's really annoying to be honest with you. <laughs> it's a pain in the ass. It's always dirty. I've got to wash it because you wouldn't believe how much dirt it catches after a race. It's ridiculous. And then the the chin strap on my helmet's got to go on it. So when I get out of the car, it looks ridiculous. It looks like it's got a big wave in it. So. Yeah, it's, uh, and it's getting some grey in it now, so it might be a bit of time to trim it off, I'd say, here shortly. But, yeah, we had to – we did a point of difference. Um, it's great in the wintertime, absolutely horrible in the summer. So when it's used, it's, I, might ha- I might have to get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So this next question is maybe a little bit long, and you kind of just answered it a second ago, but I got I to gotta mention it because – I, you're not going to remember this at all, I know. But um, a couple of years ago, uh, my brother Joe, uh, we are actually kind of all up there, but um, at Jackson Motorplex where we can stand and watch the races, kind of where all the race car drivers do, um, mm-hmm. he was up there and you walked up there and it was during time trials and you like started asking my brother, <laughs> has, has everybody been running that line you know and um my brother joe's like well yeah you know and <laughs> cool it, mcfadden's talking to me <laughs> yeah you know and uh, you know and you didn't know him from anybody but that's i mean that's just kind of a race car thing you you race car drivers are just so willing to talk to us race fans and i just think that's outstanding well it's like i think like i said before we 
well, for me personally speaking, for me, I'm I'm a race fan. Like, I'll go watch the races because I enjoy it so much. Um, so, you know, to, to talk to you guys now or to talk to your brother or, you know, that little kid that comes up and wants an autograph is is nothing. It's just what we do. It's no different to having a beer at the pub and standing next to the bloke and talking to him at the bar, you know. So, um, yeah, I just feel like the way sprint car racing is right now, it's so accessible for everybody, whether it's a sponsor, a fan, an owner, a, you know, anybody. Um, it's just a great sport to be around. So, you know, everyone deserves a hello or a how you going. And, um, yeah, that's the way I try to do it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's cool that, you know, everyone can experience the, the pit areas and the infields at some tracks and, and, you know, the grandstands. So, yeah, like I said, I, I, I like to try and just be as, as normal as you can and, and what you see at the racetracks, me, whether I'm, you know, at dinner at the racetrack or sitting at home. So, you got yeah. dirt in your beard. <laughs> yeah, way too much dirt. <laughs> um, we always like to let the guy mention his sponsors and stuff, so if you want to do that now, you certainly may. Yeah, obviously, Dennis and Teresa Roth have, you know, have put a lot into it. Um and a lot of faith in, in me and my race team. And it's, uh, it's been a, a hell of an opportunity and, and a pleasure for, for me to race for the Roth Motorsport car. And obviously HR Livestock and, um, you know, Speedway Engines. We got Maxim Chassis, FK Shocks, uh, P1 Performance Race Gear. They, they've been a long supporter of me, uh, with my race apparel in Australia and over here. And, um, there's, there's a lot of, little little sponsors here and there that help out you know your valco wheels and um like i said maxim and, and fk and and those guys that, that all put in bits and pieces everywhere like i said those little tenths of a second are all because of those people so but to me the the biggest ones are, are dennis and Teresa, and and obviously they you know you, you can see that car doesn't have sponsors plastered all over it they do it off their own back and and i think that's pretty unreal for for how long that that car's been on the on the outlaw tour so like i said that big thank you to them and and it's a privilege to drive their car and an awesome opportunity anybody that follows sprint car racing knows the roth motorsports car they've been around that you know they've been around like you said for a long time yeah yeah absolutely it's um for me for me it's been a pretty crazy you know six years i've been over here i've, I've driven for joe gertie <laughs> which is a, a huge name in, in motorsport. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, driven for Casey Kane and, and now for, for Dennis Roth, it's Dennis and Teresa Roth. It's it's crazy. It's, um I think they were saying it's 26 years or 20, 25 years was last year that they've been on the outlaw tour. Like, that's in, that's insane. That's a, that's a lot of investment up and down the road and a lot of love for this sport. So the cool thing is they watch every race on Dirt Vision, um, you know, and, and it's it's cool that they're they're a part of it, and I'm I'm the lucky one to get to drive it. Absolutely, right. we're gonna take one more break, and we're gonna be back with some rapid fire questions. DRG Mechanical in Leicester, Iowa, they can help you with whole house geothermal systems for heat, air, and hot water, leak repair, regular furnace and air conditioner maintenance. Home comfort evaluation and system load analysis. Construction and remodel planning assistance. New features for your kitchen and bathroom. They do it all. 
They are amazing. Uh, I'd even like to say that I used to work with them back when I was in high school and in college. Um, just an absolute great company. Loved working with Dan Gerber, Davey Roman. Um, just absolutely great, great people and a very well-run business. Give them a call. 1-800-745-6970. They have more locations than just Lester, Iowa. Um, but that's the one that I call home because there's no better place than Lester, Iowa. All right, we're back for our final little bit here. We just ask a few rapid fire questions. Um, what's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Uh, oh, mint, mint chop chip for sure. Yeah. Um, cat or dog person? Dog, 100% dog. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any hobbies other than racing? Or chasing the boy around now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bending up, picking up, putting down, picking up, <laughs> shit off the floor. Um, nah, I like to uh, mountain bike, downhill mountain bike, and and when I could have time, uh, a bit of wakeboarding stuff. But that's all pre, that's all pre race car. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite movie? Oh, Gone in sixty seconds. That's a good one. I like that one. Um, yeah. First thing you drink when you wake up in the morning? A bottle of water. Um, snow or rain, which do you prefer? Cool. So I'm not really very experienced with snow, so <laughs> I'm going to say snow because the rain sucks. But I, I think it's the same thing, isn't it? Well, <laughs> pretty much. Just usually when it snows around here, it's the off season, so don't screw up racing too much. Yeah, I actually woke up yesterday and looked out the window and there's snow on the ground i was like oh that's new (laughs) (laughs) so so kind of with that would you rather it be 105 degrees or just five degrees oh 105 every day all right every day 125 oh well let's not get (laughs) crazy here over five every day (laughs) (laughs) um favorite place to go out to eat uh as in the restaurant or the flavor of food uh restaurant Oh man, it can be back home too. It don't matter. Uh, I just like going to a, a good outdoor pub and having a beer, a nice steak sandwich, and an acoustic guitarist. That's perfect. Yeah, <laughs> on a Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's perfect. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite holiday? Uh, do they work the same way over here? So Christmas, Christmas is our our big holidays and that's when our big races are so christmas for me for sure um what app on your phone do you use the most um probably my flashlight (laughs) (laughs) that works yeah that's about all the techier i am so i'm terrible at it (laughs) so how many uh speeding tickets do you have two Oh, that's, that's not that bad could be at a all. record. What? They are in the week, one week. <laughs> <laughs> one bad week, huh? Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> What's the fastest you've ever driven on the highway? Uh, oh, not real fast. I'm a grandma. Um, <laughs> probably hundred, hundred sixty kilometers an hour. So I don't know what that is. One hundred sixty. 
probably 85 yeah, 85 90 somewhere in 90, there yeah. yeah 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 um what's your favorite thing to drink it sounds corny but water well if but i love a... beer i love beer so <laughs> well you gotta have water. a little beer with the water or water with the beer <laughs> whatever absolutely. you want to look at it <laughs> um one last question for you um if you could own any car in the world what car do you wish you had Oh man! Ah, uh, and you can say pass if you don't have one that you prefer. But no, nah, there's so there's so many. Um, well, you can have two then if you want. Probably. So I, I, I like you know like your E-type Jags and old British race cars. I think they're badass, but I'd probably have to say Eleanor. I've gone in six oh, seconds, yep, like yep. a le- legit. Or an XYGT HO, which is a Ford. It's four door, old school, nineteen seventy style thing, sixty eight, sixty nine. Old school, yeah, I, I like that. I got an old sixty nine Chevy pickup that I'm driving around yet. Yeah, they're cool too. I'm an old guy. I, I like carburetors and having to pump the throttle to start it and stuff yep. like that. I <laughs> yep. that's badass. <laughs> you bet. Well, hey, that's. That's really all we got, James. We uh, can't thank you enough for coming on our show. No worries, guys. Appreciate you having me. And we'll see. Uh, we'll see you in Houston. Absolutely. We'll stop and say hi. Best of luck on the rest of the season. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Take care. Bye bye. Yeah. Lester Days 2022 is August 20th. Put that on your calendar. It's going to be another great year. Um. You know, last year we had a smoking competition, and we're going to do that again. We had fire truck rides. We had a little kid uh, tractor pull, uh, golf ball drop. Um, You know, we're we're going to add some things that we think are going to be a lot of fun. And, you know, we're going to, I think, have a glow run on Friday night, the night before. So... Just a bunch of fun things that are going on in the great village of Leicester, Iowa. Come and enjoy the day with us in Leicester. And the Hoagie's Garage. Oh, that was a fun one. Man. A lot of good information. I've never, you know, the different Australian stuff, the struggles getting back and forth with COVID. Uh, And just how much i mean legitimately what do you say there's three four people on a huge plane yeah yeah you know, next to nothing <laughs> my favorite part was he you know they couldn't do anything in australia there's yeah nobody yeah. on the plane he Could lands go outside for an hour and they go to dingus and they go to dingus, <laughs> dingus and there's no masks on yeah. no. <laughs> oh, can't beat but, life in the midwest God, I mean, what a great guy. Oh, super nice. I don't know what we talked there, but geez, it almost had to be an hour. And he just more than willing to just share with us. And Well, see, now I know him. Now I can go up and say hi when he's at Houston's, and I think that'll be fun too. Yeah, absolutely. And want to wish him the best. Yep. You know, they, you know, figure out this time trialing stuff. Um, you know, he's he'll, been, he'll be a force. <laughs> he's, what do you say? You know, we come. 24th and finished ninth. Yep. How you know, we just gotta figure out this qualifying <laughs> yep, thing. Gotta so. get started up front. Yeah. So again, thanks so much, uh James McFadden. And yep. what a great night. Yep, that should be a wrap. All right. Time to go home. Time to go home.